one of the verses that was read said, the years of our life are four score. Eh? Three score and ten. Yeah, three score and ten. Three score is 60 and 10 is 70. So, if by reason of strength, those of us who exercise, who eat right, who look after our body, it gets to 80, you can see it now, it becomes four score. But I can see that you have beat, beat, you know, you beat that standard hands down. The reason is that there are two time limits God set. After Noah's flood, he now reduced man's lifespan to 120. 120. We used to live up to 1,900 and something before then. Then, later, David brought in by revelation this one where he pegged it around 70 to 80. This one seems to be dominating the 120. There are few people who, through careful application of the laws of health, are pushing the boundary all the way to 120. Some 100 and above. Some, uh, there are cases of those who have even lived 122, 127. So what we see is that 7 p.m., is when God's evening starts. That's 70. 120 is his midnight. Anybody that goes from 70 to 120 has done well. I know that we are in the last days. The only thing that encourages me if Jesus tarries to stay and stay longer here on earth is so that I can help to pass the torch down, mentor the next generation that will take this mantle of the gospel around the world. I know that that's part of my assignment. I know that. So when I look at people like you, um, I know that what God said to Noah, the 120, is very, very possible. Because this is 85 and you look like 65. But there's a verse here that said, teach us to number our years. Please put it, that verse, yeah, teach us to number, that's verse 12. And that's the, teach us to number our days that we may apply our heart to wisdom. People who do this live wisely. Every extra day that we have, we should be grateful for it. I don't take the gift of life for granted. I pray before I get into a car to travel. I pray before I get in the, in the aircraft. But whenever we land, I don't forget to tell God, thank you. Whenever I sleep and wake up. Of course, if there is a, something in my mouth that I say, the type of prayer I say, more than every other type of prayer, is always, Lord, thank you, thank you. 
thank you. I might be taking my bath. I might be doing something and the thing just keeps. Because if life has not dealt to you the wrong side of it, you won't learn to be grateful. When people see us, they just think it's only, you know, success story. We've also faced our own trials. But God's faithfulness has kept us here. Go back to verse 10. I think I need to make that point, you know. The years of our life are three score years and ten. By reason of strength, there are four and four score years. That's eighty. Yet is their strength, labor, and sorrow. For soon it is cut off and we fly away. This so-called eighty years, this so-called one twenty, vanishes just like that. Inside me, I'm still that young boy that started Dominion City. But that's not what my physical body tells me. Sometimes I now want to do some things and my body tells me, Olga. This place said, we spent four score years. But it's filled with labor and sorrow. It's not only good times. Life is not a bed of roses. If you hear ministers of the gospel who make it look like it's only, you know, your relationship with God only provides you only summer. That person has deceived you because there are four seasons of life. Life starts as spring and it's beautiful. When I watch children today, sometimes I wish I can remove 20 years and go back. I have gained so much wisdom now. I wish I can go back. I know how to do things better. But I wish God can dash me back 20 more years. That's 20 years. Just withdraw the hand of the crop. Move it backward and rewind it. I've enjoyed my spring. Your childhood years. Your springtime is your morning time. It's beautiful. That's why when I see children, I encourage them. Just enjoy, play, do whatever. You know? Just don't be too stupid. Then after the spring, summer hits. That's your youthful years. And there are seven things you're supposed to do with each of these four seasons. For example... The season of spring is a season of growth and development. But it's not only physical growth, eating food and growing. And then, you know, sometimes when you travel for a while, you come back, you see that this boy is, is growing, he's adding height. It's not just that. It's growth in all the five dimensions of life. Luke chapter 2 verse 52, show it to them. There are four dimensions of growth that must happen within that first stage. God had a son. He put him here on earth and raised him. And with him, he set the example of what he wants to do with every son and daughter of his. What God did with Jesus is a pattern for what he wants to do with all of us. 
So as a child, this was at the age of 12, the Bible said Jesus increased in wisdom, in stature, in favor with God and favor with man. Four dimensions of growth and development. Do you know the first one mentioned here? I thought if I'm the one writing, I will start with increase in spiritual development. He even mentioned that as a thought. The first one mentioned there is increase in wisdom. That's intellectual development, education, education, education. Whether formal or informal, it's the stage of learning and growth. Second, the child grew in stature. That's physical development. There are some of the things we do at this foundational stage that later haunt us. We abuse our bodies, do all kinds of things, and later we don't live long enough. We start reaping the harvest of what we sowed. The thought he grew in favor with God, that is spiritual development. Spiritual moral development. And finally, he grew in favor with man. That's the social development, relational development, the aspect of social skills and so on. Developing emotional intelligence, social skills and all of that to be able to deal with your fellow human beings. Jesus did not only develop his spiritual life. He has to develop an all-round personality. Then in the second phase of life, which is summer, which is your afternoon, your youthful stage, Jesus added the fifth side of development, which is economic development. He went into business. He was into uh, furnitures. He was into interior decor. He, of course, if you want to go local, he was a carpenter. And all this happened in that second stage. Finally, he got to a period at the age of 30, he went into ministry and began to fulfill his destiny. So if you are in the second phase, you are in your afternoon, you are in your youthful stage, still what it very well. If you do what you are supposed to do with the primary stage, the spring, you will have gained the knowledge, the skills, and the capacity to go in and begin to create wealth. You know, I'm telling you that life is not just smooth. Just like the ground is not smooth. There are ups and downs. There are valleys and mountains. Your work with God must be able to survive all seasons. God is not only the God of the mountain, He's also God of the valley. You trust God not only for the good times, you also trust Him in the bad times. And at the end of the day, you will have the result of victory. But if you are the type that is only a fair weather Christian, you walk with God when things are going well, when everything looks rosy, when he's blessing you, when it looks like dry season come, you pull away, run away from your faith. Then you don't understand your Christian walk. You don't understand. The Bible said, delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. But you know what many Christians do today? They come to God for the desires of their heart. Uncle Ben, you know what I'm talking about. No man wants a woman around you who is there for what you have, for your money in the account. You want a woman to love you for who you are, not for what you have. Psalm 37, what I just quoted. God made us in his image. That thing in us that wants relationship is the same with God. God values relationship. But he wants to see us steadfast, trustworthy, reliable. 
God is trustworthy. But are you trustworthy? So you see, delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. Don't come to God only because of the desires of your heart. Come to God because you love him. It's a commandment. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. Nobody wants anybody in their life for what you have. You ladies, you don't want a man in your life for your money. Maybe you are, you know, sometimes you have a woman that has some money. And then you have some boys who want to hang around because they want to eat her dry. No. No woman wants a man in your life only for your body. But the person doesn't care, care about you. That's why it's stupid when you see young girls who are only marketing their body. You attract people who want to abuse you but don't really care about you. You want somebody there who cares about who you are. Who is committed to you both in good times and in bad times. That's what we give during the marriage vow. Then that person that has entered into such commitment is the one you finally give your body. That's why marriage is instituted. But just like marriage is a covenant, our relationship with God is also a covenant. God created marriage so that we can understand the kind of relationship he craves. He craves for. God doesn't want a girlfriend or a boyfriend. God wants committed relationships. So what he said, if you love God, love him for who he is, he will now bless you with what he has. He has everything that you need. But if you want to only come to use God to just advance yourself, uh, because God is a generous person, he will bless you here and there, but that kind of transactional thing will not go so far. Will not go very far. When a man that has means finds out that the woman he loves also loves him for who he is then it's not hard to open up the treasures and bless her with whatever that her heart wants so the third season of course is autumn autumn is the evening of our lives there are things I used to enjoy. If I put it inside my body, my body reacts against it. And you know, your body is designed like your car. That your car dashboard, there are signals it gives you when your fuel is finishing, when the car is overheating, when your body gives you warning and gives you warning. Respect it if you don't want something to knock. So that third season, I've already spent half of the provision. Now the third season now is where we are beginning to enter. And then finally and you know that third season is for consolidation. It's for mentorship. You do what you are supposed to do in summer. You won't be struggling financially when you get here. There are some things to say about it. I don't want to. Because summer is for productivity. It's also where you marry and raise your children. So that at, your, at this third phase, your children are growing, trying to catch up with you. By the time you move to the fourth and final stage, they are all grown, married, and they are doing well. So you don't start raising your children in old age. 
And when you raise them and they are successful, then the load becomes easier for you in old age. The Bible said, it is good for a man to bear his yoke in his youth. Put it up, let them see. Pay the price while you are young. Carry the, the load. Carry your cross in young, at your young age. Jesus carried his own at the age of 33. So now he can sit down and watch us do exploits around the world. Carry it now. Stop wasting your youth. Stop wasting your youth. Stop wasting your youth. Because what do you do at that season and the initial season? Your winter, I mean, your spring and your summer is what you're going to reap in your latter years. The harvest are waiting for you. Some of it in your health. Some of us are busy abusing our body now, committing abortion, doing all kinds of things. Is waiting. Some of us are busy on drugs. Is waiting. Some of you are. Some other people are busy wasting the time. Time is an open check God gave you. All you need to do, take it and invest it in worthy things, and you are going to reap the reward of it later. And now finally the winter comes. And that is the night. The Bible said that's the season where no man is meant to walk. That's the season where we are supposed to rely on the harvest of what we have built over the years. Sometimes I meet people that are in their 70s, they're in their late 60s, they're in their and I see in the labor market, you know that certain things went wrong. The stewardship of time. Somebody did not teach them that early enough or they ignored that message. You know? See what is going on with the world now? Recession, crisis. Look at Europe. What's going on now? Time of hardship for many. Because in life, sometimes you have seven years of famine and sometimes seven years of plenty. When you, when you are seven years of plenty, that's when you are supposed to make plan for the seven years of famine. The seven years of famine does not mean that God has abandoned you. It's just reality of life. Abraham have ha had famine in his time. In the time of Isaac, there was famine. In the time of Jacob, there was famine. But in the time of Jacob, God had positioned Joseph. In the time of Abraham, Abraham went down to Egypt, to another country, to be able to survive. In the time of Isaac, God told him, don't travel abroad, stay here. I will give you the strategies that will help you to survive. You see now, what Joseph taught them in Egypt is that during the seven years of plenty, you are supposed to save, you are supposed to conserve, because you have to realize that the future has uncertainties in it. And after the seven years of famine, the good times will return again. Nothing is permanent. Change is the only permanent thing. So when prosperity and all of those things are booming, you save. You give. Scripture teaches that you use your seed to secure your future. And you also save and invest. And you put some of your money in things that can survive the different seasons of life. There are areas
as you put funds, let things go up and come down. Let it boil and cool down. When they finish, your money is there. Ah. A man that has cultivated a steady and reliable work with God has an investment that time cannot erase. And that is one of the secrets of your life. A man that has not built a solid foundation in his spiritual life, this, this, the storms of life can wipe you out. Because there are turbulent times that come. Nobody, and I say nobody, not even our Lord Jesus Christ, started from spring, from childhood, and moved to the end of his life and had it smooth. There was a time he was having it easy, moving around, doing miracles. Everything was booming. Crowds everywhere. Another season, he was rejected in the same country where he preached, where they celebrated him. And he was arrested. He was tried from court to court. And he was taken to prison. And by the middle of the week, they moved him to Golgotha and crucified him. The son of God. It's a lesson for all of us. And we also need to have understanding of the human nature. When people are praising you in this season, you need to understand human beings. Oh. They can praise you now and crucify you later. That's why the steady relationships that we have, people that have stood with us through thick and thin, we should never play with them. There's something the Bible calls cellar. That's pause and think. Sometimes when I say clap, it's just to allow your, you to digest something. Because sometimes as we're in rushing, in too many words, truths are lost. Sometimes when some important things come, we should pause, write it down. Or digest it by assimilating it. Thank you.